Are you feeling bad because you went back or answered a text or reached out to them on Facebook? Are you feeling ashamed, stupid, like an idiot? Can't believe that you did it? Well, please don't feel bad. There are some positives to going back. We're going to talk about that today on Narcissistic Abuse Unwound. I'm Jennifer Smith of True Love Scam Recovery. So here we go. Now let's talk about this. Wanting to go back is part of the effect of a pathological parasitic predator. We all have the desire or the pull or an impulse to look at their social media, to wonder what they're up to, almost to sometimes want them to message us so we know what's going on with them. All of these feelings are normal. If you're feeling any of this, it's all normal. There's nothing wrong with any of this. It's frustrating. It's challenging. It's plaguing. Why does this happen? Why are we so pulled towards wanting to know what's happening? Part of it is sensible. They are scary. They can do bad things. We want to know where they are to make sure they're not doing something bad. But overall, here's why we have that pull. What's going on is, in the end, we have the same compelling draw towards them still in our bodies that we had from moment one. The effect of one of these creatures, a sociopath, is that if you're hooked in, what comes with that is a compulsion, as if they're pulling your gut, they're pulling your soul. We really aren't in love with them. I know that's going to shock some people when I say that, but I don't think any of us fall in love with them. There's nobody there. We call it love because we don't know what else to call that excitement, that feeling of I'm living in a movie, that feeling of adrenaline rushing, waiting for the next message from them, the zap that happens when we get the message from them. That thing, that effect of a sociopath is there at the end as well. It's still in our body, you could say. At the end, we've consciously been through enough pain and seen enough that we want to get away and you might have kicked them out or they've taken off. You might have gone no contact, meaning you've made it impossible for them to reach you as much as you possibly can. You've made it so they can't reach you by phone. You've blocked them in social media, but they are still on our mind. There's still a pull towards them. So whichever part of this someone might be in, sometimes we go back. We might block their number and unblock it. We might call them. We might answer a text. Maybe we're going to message them on Instagram or Facebook. Maybe you're going to go on a date. Maybe you're going to go back to the bedroom. That's all okay. Going back is sometimes where you find the door to finally leave. All of this takes as long as it takes. The points that matter are your well-being, you continuing to seek your well-being. This is no ordinary situation. Most people around, most of us don't understand what we're going through or what has happened. It takes as long as it takes. Looking at things from the standpoint of our well-being, it's clear that not going back is ideal. But if we do, let's take from it what we can. When we go back, the sociopath unleashes more of what they really are. They are in a place where they see that they can do whatever it is they've done, 
and we will remain in place. So the natural tendency for them as parasitic predators wanting to make as little effort as possible to gain as much as possible tend to let out more of the awful things of what they are when we go back. Each successive time someone goes back, they are worse and we experience more pain and we see more. We see more clearly how much they don't care. It's clearer that there's not a person there that we can interact with. Probably the most dangerous circumstances for going back is when the sociopath has been violent with us already. In those cases, please do your best to not go back. But even still, the impulse to go back is natural. And if you go back in some way, whether it's simply text messaging, talking on the phone, or seeing each other in person, observe them. Just observe them. Feel how you feel inside your body when you are around them and under their influence in person. Is any of it good? Is any of it supporting your well-being? It takes as long as it takes to truly accept that monsters like this exist. And then we become confused because we think, oh my gosh, how could I have loved this monster? I can't love a monster, therefore they must not be a monster. Very logical human thinking. The thing is, we didn't love them. Remember at the top of the podcast, I mentioned we're stunned we're hypnotized, we're mesmerized. The effect of a sociopath draws in normal people from a place deep in our psyche or soul, our guts. And as normal human beings not being aware of these monsters, we call it love. We've decided that it must be love because we're excited, we're elevated, we're in an exaggerated state. And they say things that give the impression of a relationship or a partnership and we naturally think that we're all on the same page and they're in agreement. Family and friends watch us dating this person. Gotta be love. What else are we gonna call it? We don't know. We're not in love. They are incapable of ever feeling love. They don't know what that is. They don't know what it is. They've never felt it in their lives and they never will. They don't even feel like for someone outside their own body. Full narcissism which is what they exist in. This is how their brains are wired. Full narcissism is a state in which only you yourself matter to the degree that your awareness of anything outside yourself is extremely, extremely limited. Something outside you only catches your attention if that thing outside you will benefit you or is a threat to you. When you think about it like that, I'm pretty sure that at least intellectually, all of us can say, I couldn't love that. There's no one there to interact with. There's nobody there to exchange affection with. There's no one there to talk about anything with, share anything, give anything. And they don't need me as me. They need me as an object to benefit their life. See if you can get to a place where you have these kinds of conversations with yourself about them, about the dynamic between you as their prey and them as the parasitic predator. In your own words, of course, your own kind of language, your own feelings. Going back isn't the end. You get to leave again. I am going to ask you all a favor. If you're here, if you're listening, if you get something out of these podcasts, please 
click the little thingy bob on your platform where you can record a question or make a comment or say something about your own experience. Those can be popped into future podcasts. Let me know you'd like to be included. You would be kept anonymous. That is always a guarantee. If you would like your voice to be heard, asking a question, sharing an experience, making a comment, go ahead and push that little button, leaving me a message. I would love to know that you're there. Other listeners would love to know that you're there. And you can be a part of Unwinding Narcissistic Abuse. Next week, we are going to be talking about the five reasons that sociopaths do not hoover, because sometimes they don't. Email me anytime, jennifer at truelovescam.com. This is Jennifer Smith of True Love Scam Recovery with the podcast, Narcissistic Abuse Unwound, sending you all good things. Music